RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Um, crazy weekend for me, anyway. I don't know about you. How was your weekend, Frank? Uh, I don't know. It was it was all right. No, nothing really to pull away from it. Um, other than the Yankees tanked. Yeah, but that wasn't a weekend thing. That was a they. That was that started a long time ago, and <laughs> I don't even know how they got to the series. But yeah, <laughs> the freaking Phillies, man. I know. I know most of you people out there don't really like uh, baseball, but I'm hey. pulling for them, though. You know. I'm pulling for them, though. I really am. The Phillies? Let me tell you something. I would root for the Red Sox right now if if they were playing the Astros. <sighs> okay? The Astros are, are, are a despicable bunch of newbies when it comes to success. Bunch of trash can beating freaks. Okay. I, 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 yeah, all, all my animus for the Red Sox has long since gone. There is no more rivalry for anybody who's... Uh, Who's, who's being honest with themselves. Well, so. all right. Yeah, I, I, I have a rivalry with the Phillies, and I don't like them. They're horrible. They're terrible people. Their fans, no offense, guys, if you're Phillies fans, are really nasty. And uh, I don't like them. So, anyway. There is there is a culture of very nasty fandom in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, it depends on who, you're, who you like um, and where your biases are, because you can find ugly elements of every fandom, absolutely. Um, and, and that's what's going on right now. It, you, you, there, there are people who are gloating. There are people who are salty. And it's just a matter about who, who can uh, who can accuse the other of being less human than than the, the I don't know the, the noble winners. It, it's it's the most frustrating thing about sports, which is why I I'm happy that it's uh, it's all over. I was actually wait. I said, please let me get on with my winter. Please. <laughs> I feel like we were bringing a dog to get euthanized last night. <laughs> Just get it over with. <laughs> so I, over the weekend, Friday, Frank, there was, um, you remember the, do you remember the Missouri v. Biden case by chance? That was the one where the states of Missouri and Louisiana are suing the Biden administration, alleging that they are colluding with social media companies to censor people. No. Okay. Huge case. The they went in. They I'll I'll give like a background for for you and and people just in case the the states of Missouri and Louisiana sue the Biden administration, saying that they feel like members of the Biden administration are co- are cooperating with social media platforms to censor speech they don't like on social media, and they say that it's mandatory or you know judge give us a temper give us a, a an expedited discovery order. Because this is happening all the time, all over the place, and we need to look into it and see what's happening. The judge actually did, basically unheard of. I mean, it's very rare. From that expedited discovery order, the government was forced to turn over a bunch of different emails and correspondence they had. They also had the social media companies forced to turn that stuff over. So Google, YouTube, you know, Google, um, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, whatever, and. The government pushes back and says, well, we are not turning this over because like Anthony Fauci's emails are privileged and we're not giving them to you. Jen Psaki's emails are privileged and or press office emails. And the judge says, actually, they're not privileged because their emails that are they're looking for are between 
the person in the agency and an outside entity outside of the federal government. So you can't claim privilege over an email that Anthony Fauci sends to the head of, of Meta because Meta is not another government organization. So how could his email to Meta be privileged, right? Right. So they get those emails back. And of course, there's cooperation between the, the, the social media companies and different government entities um, to censor. And so then the gov- then Missouri and Louisiana come back and say, listen, I want expedited uh, depositions now because this is such a serious infringement on the First Amendment that we need to get these people on record. This case needs to go, go, go. The judge on Friday granted the expedited um, depositions. It's unheard of in the first place for people at that level in government to have to sit for depositions in a case as it is. Because imagine like you're the Democrats, right? And the Republicans are in power. You could just file hundreds of lawsuits and and request depositions of all these different heads of CISA, heads of the NIH, heads of whatever, CDC, whatever. And what would they be doing all day long? Sitting in in depositions, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. So it's basically unheard of. Um, So this order came out on Friday and I did a column and a thread on it. And I got to tell you. What kinds of things have they like? What kinds of exchanges have been seen? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go up. I really actually want to take as much time as we need today in the show because your your jaw is going to hit the floor. It's bad. And the judge in here does not hold back at all, at all. I mean, I have not seen, I am actually excited about this. There's probably going to be an appeal, I'm sure. But let's go through some of this stuff because some of it is specifically, there's two things that really were unknown to me and, and everybody else. Just so you know, Gateway Pundit is also a plaintiff on this suit. Um, there's members of the media that are plaintiffs, um, not many, um, but but it covers... Not just COVID stuff, Frank. It covers election integrity, Hunter Biden's laptop, um, you know, all the things that were censored. Well, so- I, I have to imagine that that would be a, a, a big thing there. But is this where the uh, is this where all of our confirmations um, originated with between uh, Twitter and the White House and and the Hunter stuff? No, and y- yes, and no. Um, but it adds to it nonetheless. It does. And, you know, what okay. also helped inform this case was Berenson. Alex Berenson is the reporter who was literally targeted off of Twitter by the Biden administration who sued Twitter. And yep. Twitter settled with him just on that's, her. That, that's what I meant. That's that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Alex Berenson, what, what, what had come out in that um, that court, how, uh, that court. Um, yeah. Yeah. That case. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, he got discovery that was like, wow. Like, they literally target him by name. Get this man off of social media. Like, you can't do that. You can't. You, you, it just, you can't. And they, they, a couple times in here, I say their hubris will be their downfall. Because literally the things that really cinched them were how brazen they actually were. And also the fact that they went on podcasts and like bragged about this crap. Like, one of the things mentioned in here is when um, Zuckerberg went on Rogan and said, oh, the FBI came to me and, you know, they told us that this was Russian disinformation coming and we had to be careful, right? 
they had they subpoenaed Facebook and they had to give the agent's name and now the agent has to sit for a deposition. You see? So yes. we know a bunch now. So let's go through some of this and <laughs> We're just going to start. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci is going to have to take the oath and sit down for a deposition in this case. Um, first, he's, he's being deposed as the director of the NIH and the chief medical advisor to the president. They, they allege he colluded a censor speech about COVID origins and that he was behind funding that caused the research that created the virus in the first place. Then he had a conference call, which resulted in the statements in the medical journals that were coming out about how the lab leak couldn't be the origin of COVID. You remember like when they were all coming out and saying this is not true? Yes. So they were they had this campaign to discredit the lab leak theory and then and then collude with social media companies to stop people from being able to say it online. So it says here in the order, Dr. Fauci engaged in written and oral communications with Mark Zuckerberg about the government's COVID-19 response and allegedly widespread social media censorship of the lab leak hypothesis ensued. Um, and that's in the order. And then they have a whole section in here about the allegations about the Great Barrington Declaration and how the NIH worked to stop the Great Barrington Declaration, which was one of the things of it was the lockdowns are useless. Right. And they said, we need to take this down in a quick and devastating manner. So this is the emails going back and forth between Fauci and social media. This has to be a quick and devastating takedown of alternative views on lockdowns. And then they have Alex Berenson in here that, you know, that he, they literally wrote an email saying that you need to take Alex Berenson. Why isn't he banned yet? He should be banned. We got the Twitter internal com communications about them talking about how they want him banned. And then Pfizer even gets into the action on this one. Pfizer comes in on Berenson and says that his statements are threatening Anthony Fauci. Pfizer's board is saying these are threatening to Anthony Fauci. They need to come off the internet. It's so it's just so weird the motivation for them to even do that. But then again, these are people who came out. Wasn't it Robert Borla who said in an interview that the CIA and the FBI have been talking with him behind behind the scenes? I haven't seen that. Robert Borla, I, I I'm pretty sure it's Pfizer. It wasn't Moderna. Uh, said that the FBI, CIA, the intelligence community, they have been talking to him behind the scenes about the dark forces. He, he actually used something as cryptic as that, dark forces that were behind the anti-vaccine movement. And then we need to be, here, I'll, I'll find it right now. You can keep going. Um, the most important thing that I wanted to stress is that this is an ongoing case that hasn't been decided yet. We're in the very beginning stages of it. The judge in this case is saying that the plaintiffs have already proven that Fauci had personal knowledge about the censorship and that publicly available emails prove that Fauci was communicating and acting as an intermediary for others to censor information. The judge is saying that's a proven fact. That in and of itself is something we never, I mean, the case is not decided yet. The judge is asserting something is proven, 
it was. But that's why this guy needs to sit down and answer questions because they've already proven it's happening. Now we need the background and to understand why. So that's Fauci. And he also says that free speech is more important than his inconvenience um, because, you know, I'm inconvenienced by having to sit for this deposition. My time is valuable. Well, free speech is more important, says the judge. Wow. Well, okay. So then it, it's really just all su- starts to support itself in one bigger question. Why is ever there is no end to one organization in the beginning of the other, whether it be public or private? I have I just quickly grabbed this from National File. This is from November of last year, 2021. Pfizer CEO brags about getting briefed by the CIA, FBI on the spread of misinformation. He was speaking to the uh, Atlantic Council, of course, uh, admitted that his cooperation is getting briefings from CIA, FBI on the spread of misinformation relating to COVID-19 vaccines um, and that the the CIA and the FBI were using they were using um, terms like dark organizations after explaining to the council that Pfizer was being quote targeted by dark organizations they said that they are being they are getting briefings from the CIA FBI about cyber attacks as well and misinformation the spread of misinformation Unbelievable. so it, it's there, there's no end to one and start to the other corporate fascism basically yeah. corporate fascism um, next one, Robert Flaherty, who's the director of digital strategy for the White House. So like, think about all those stupid commercials that came out with like the trans activists begging everybody to get shot, get the shot, right? Or, or the, the social media influence campaigns that went out with all these supposed like influencers telling every, singing jingles and dancing around like, <laughs> get the shot. Um, that's this guy. Plaintiffs in the case, which is the, you know, uh, Louisiana and Missouri and the others, um, alleged that Meta works with Flaherty to censor speech to curb shot hesitancy based on reports received from Meta at the direction of the White House. So it says here, Meta's director of U.S. public policy through COVID inside reports, um, which detail trends by social media users that um, basically they use to then craft information to stop vaccine hesitancy because they have the information from social media about what people are saying and then they they use that and then they target people who are spreading, quote, misinformation. They use the word proven again with Flaherty. This is the, the office of the White House. The White House. Understand, I know that I'm acting like I'm shocked, but... Literally, they're so brazen that they're having these emails. Get rid of this person. Get rid of this group. Get rid of these people. Like, you can't do that. Like, you can't. Um, It says the court finds plaintiffs have proven that Flaherty has personal knowledge about the issue concerning censorship across social media as it relates to COVID-19. So then we move down. Um, Andrew Slavitt, White House senior COVID-19 advisor, He allegedly led the charge for the White House and its campaign with social media companies to increase the censorship of private speech as it relates to COVID-19 through meetings and oral conversations with representatives of multiple social media platforms. Um, A director at the White House asking social media why they haven't banned a private citizen for the things he's saying. So this is this is the next day. uh, Twitter internal messages reflect that Slavitt had posed one really tough question about why Alex Berenson hasn't been kicked off the platform. And then they have to stop the spread of alleged misinformation regarding COVID-19. From dark forces. From dark forces. 
So that's in there. And I mean, like, really, I'm just glazing over this. All of the print screens of the order in this article. Everybody should definitely read it and share it. Um, But he went on, he went on a podcast and he said, um, he talked about the censorship, what they were doing. He like literally said it on a podcast. And so now the judge is saying Slavit's own description of his, his role on a podcast that he went on showed he has specific knowledge as it relates to this. Because he's on some like lefty podcast, just like, oh yeah, we banned those people. Can't have misinformation. You know what I mean? Like, Saki. It's where they feel they feel they feel so comfortable there, um, but they forget. See, their, their problem is they need to try to get out to people, so they they got to do media and they go to friendly media, thinking that the only people who are ever going to listen in on the conversation are members of their their little club. Yeah. And they say things that anyone who is running scams like they are should only ever say behind closed doors. Agreed. Agreed. Their hubris will be their downfall. Hey, guys, before I go on, if you're watching this and you're enjoying it, share it out on your social media with your friends. Like, just click the share button. Let's try and get more people out there. Also, rumble it. There's a little plus button you're allowed to push, like almost like a like on, on YouTube, I guess. Rumbles. Oh, let me try. Rumble it, Frank. Rumble I, it. I just did. Good. There you go. Perfect. All right. Saki's up next. Share it elsewhere while you talk about Saki. You're going to share it? How nice. Oh, I have been. I put it on my Discord and I put it in my Telegram, but I'll put it on my Truth too, I guess. Awesome. What's your Truth so people out there can follow you on Truth Social too? Quite Uh, frankly. Quite frankly. I liked political orgy, but, you know, I mean, whatever. Well, I mean, that was one thing I just... I, uh, I don't know what the hell political orgy was supposed to be. I think that it was supposed to be a blog or an online magazine that I wanted to do years ago. I made that I made that account years ago, and it, it's gone through several several repurposings. Mm. And then I just said, you know what? I had already done so much work um, gaining followers and targeting audiences that were. Um, that were appropriate to what quite frankly would be that I said, okay, well, I'm just going to keep political orgy and just change the title. So the, everything elsewhere is usually quite frankly, or quite frankly, TV, depending on what availability, but um, political orgy is the outlier. There's nothing else like it. Oh, well, political orgies. What well, can we have a moment of silence for political? Uh, well, it's the last remaining. It's the last remaining if, political. If Twitter, if Twitter craps the bed, then that will be the end of the orgy. <laughs> That would usually end an orgy. Anyone crapping the bed is really just a hard that, stop right there. <laughs> that that will clear the room. In most places. In most places. You just don't know what people are into. Okay. So Jen Psaki. <laughs> Jen Psaki is the former White House press secretary. They want her specifically. They want her because John Pure says that she doesn't know anything about any of this. Oh, the Cabbage Patch doll? Yeah, she does look like a Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the blinks way too... They all, the blinking. And she. why does she use eyeshadow that makes her eyes... Look, she looks like C-3PO. She's <laughs> she's like g- g- shining gold. What the hell's wrong? <laughs> I can't. You know, with her, it's not that she's um, a good liar. She's a terrible liar. Yeah. I, I She's the worst liar out of all the ones that they have put out there. But like I said, as the lies become unavoidably bad the only chance that they really have to skate by a little bit is to change the face of the messenger and she's a little bit harder politically 
to um, criticize because she's a black lesbian progressive. So so they changed the messenger because the message the message is getting worse. And it's not that. And so the fact that she's a bad liar is secondary to the fact with how coldly and confidently she delivers the lie coldly. That's because passively. she's reading. I hate it's it. Easy. I hate it when you're I, reading. I, like, I, like I said, you know, you go and uh, I'd rather have the murderer in the in the horror film just make themselves known. Like you know, Leatherface runs at you looking like a maniac with his chainsaw. You know, that's the bad guy. We got to get out of here. Corinne Jean Pierre is the type that would inject the poison into the side of your neck and then lovingly caress your cheek as you pass away. <laughs> She's like that. That's evil. Yes. I hate those. Yes. It's like, I'm going to drug you, get all the truth out of you, and then I'll shoot you in the head after, or like, I'll put you to sleep, or like, I'll, yeah, horrible. No, no, it, it's a, it's a, oh, hmm, no, sing you a lullaby as you go down. It's like that. Standing with that, with that, that, that other one, the Admiral, what's his name? Who? The Admiral from Pennsylvania that became the health czar. Oh, 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 Richard. Richard. Yeah. Anyway. Don't want to, don't want to dead name somebody, but it is October. <laughs> Jen Psaki was probably the worst out of everybody blatantly publicly, Frank. But like one of the things she said at a press conference was the major platforms have a responsibility related to the health and safety of all Americans to stop amplifying untrustworthy content, disinformation and misinformation, especially related to COVID-19 vaccinations and elections. And then she said that the administration is in regular touch with social media platforms and that the engagements happen between staff and platforms. So she's just literally talking about it openly at press conferences and then says, you know, the disinformation doesn't remember. It was like Mercola and a whole bunch of other folks came out on this list of the people most responsible for disinformation when it came to COVID. Yeah. So that was one of them. Then she she says you shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others. Think about that. She's, you shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others. So Facebook's going to ban you. Twitter and YouTube should ban you also. That yeah, means... Well, and even that's even more so, even more so, that is a message to all of the the, the payment processors out there. Right. Yeah. To the, the Patreons. Hey, this person has been taken off of one of our friends' sites. Wink, wink. Make sure that they can't feed their children. You know, it's 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 as like a, that. As, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of it because it was PayPal and 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 Patreon that did it to me in less than 24 hours of each other with the same reasoning. Yeah, and like you see, this is why they do this all up front. In the in the phases that you're describing right now, is where they pretend they and they're actually this is the the biggest lie because this is the lie that kicks off the entire operation and gets people doing things like taking shots that have actually never been tested. They act definitively on the idea that this is settled science that is being denied by certain people to do physical harm to others. When it's really just healthy skepticism mm -hmm. and they are they are they are standing in their place saying this is the truth and based on the truth and our our um you know our uh i don't know well our well our good intentions then the entire world needs to be justifiably censored and then it, it takes a, a year and a half and many Nothing. ruined lives later mm -hmm. To make sure to realize that all of the truths were lies and their good intentions were lies. And they weren't good intentions to start. 
the worst thing about this is that like you know they had the disinformation governance board come out and we have gosh multitudes of columns about this stuff like multitudes of them um and and this is all they didn't need the disinformation governance board that was just going to be the the little bow they tied on all the crap they were already doing but let's let's go on here the the next one um so the the four again the courts find that that plaintiffs have proven that Jennifer Saki has personal knowledge about the issue concerning censorship across media as it relates to COVID-19. Elvis Chan was the FBI agent that went and spoke to Meta, to, to Zuckerberg. So we talk here about how, you know, personal knowledge, you know, because of subpoena to Facebook, we found out this is the supervisory special agent out of the San Francisco field office, surprise, surprise, that came and talked to Meta. And we need to we need to depose him because we want to know what in the world he was doing, talking to social media platforms about, quote, disinformation about the Hunter Biden laptop before the election. He's got to sit. Jen Easterly, this one blew my mind. This one right here, Frank. Just wait. She's being deposed as the head of CISA within the Department of Homeland Security because she supervises the, quote, nerve center of federally directed censorship, they write in the lawsuit. Plaintiffs assert that Easterly claims that social media speech by Americans is a form of infrastructure and that policing speech online by the federal government falls within her agency's mission to protect infrastructure, stating the most critical infrastructure is cognitive infrastructure. Cognitive. CISA just designated your thoughts as infrastructure that they are responsible for. Wow. This, this is, this is, this is serious. Like, that is serious. The rest of it's serious too. But the fact that the federal government now has some unelected bureaucracy that is 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 treating not election infrastructure, not hard wires or so or you know technology, but your literal cognitive behavior, thoughts, speech, their policing as infrastructure in the United States. That is that's serious language. It's a, That's serious. I hope people understand like what that means. Talk about 1984 come to life. Like that is, there should be a suit on just that. Somebody should sue on just that. That could be, so the disinformation governance board comes in because that's where that came in through, through CISA. Um, there are texts between people talking about this stuff. Easterly is uh, is a guy seeking greater censorship, which would be done by federal pressure on social media platforms to increase censorship. Come in and sit for a deposition, you freaking tyrant, crazy lunatic, transhumanist freak. Sorry. Wow. Lauren, do you have anything to say about that? I mean, I'll let you take the floor because that's, no, no, no. I, 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 it's nothing that hasn't already been said. I, it's just, it's whenever, whenever something like that makes it into official uh, literature on one subject or another, and to hear, hear them actually claim rights to our our published thought. Oh, then, then again, it, it's here's 
this was always been the big big concern and big question I had and many people have had about the origins of the internet and what the internet actually provides for uh, inqtel type companies that are in bed with government and and their their intelligence agencies and all that stuff that is we have the fourth amendment you can't really spy on anybody without due cause and very specific things that you're targeting and for very anything Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as the internet goes and this culture of, of dopamine addicted people with celebrity complexes where every thought needs to be put out there because they want to get patted on the back for one thing or another they need some likes they need some shares they want to be they want to be the person that people come to for dissertations on one subject or another uh everybody has been caught up in this practice of just upchucking everything that they think everything that they think is worthy of being made public everything that they everywhere that they go even if it's not worthy of being made public they're still sharing it i know and everything everywhere they go everything that they eat Mm -hmm. everyone that they voted for everyone that they hate everyone that they love everything this is critical data when you're mapping out the mind of human beings this is critical data that you can actually if you have the right technology tell the future with startling predictions that's why i use the transhumanist line we have been feeding the Borg, yep. even with our most well-intentioned and innocuous behavior on the internet through data collection for a very long time. So um, this is stuff that we have acknowledged. We knew that it, it would it was going to be used, even though uh, it was going to be used by somebody in a um, in a really terrifying way. But to finally hear them say that every last thing that we have put out there, because you know it's not just about what we have published. Every keystroke has been logged for unsent messages that we thought twice about and deleted every keystroke. So um, it's it's just startling to finally hear them say that all of that cognitive activity that we have um, that we have uh, played voluntarily out on, on their, voluntarily given that is all part of a very critical uh, database that they consider infrastructure for their company, which is the world. So it's it's just very startling language that's being used after many years of wondering just what we're feeding with every keystroke. Well, now they've got to sit down and ask question, answer questions about it in court, which I'm stunned about as it is, let alone the rest of it. Um, another person, Protentis, she was um, depo- be, she's being deposed because she is part of the CISA mis dis and malinformation team. Um, and she basically specialized at one point in time and still in partnering with social media to l- limit citizen speech, especially as it relates to foreign governments and elections. So she's basically CIS's foreign government meddling election changing head. She'll go over and help foreign governments to use propaganda to change their citizens' minds. Those are my words, not the words of the court. But that's basically what she does. Um, the documented documentary discovery already provided in the case shows that 
Pretentious was involved in the MDM team and engaged in oral communications with the executives of social media platforms. She is a leader and an expert in the MDM team's efforts to bridge a gap between the federal government and social media companies to create a line of control over the censorship of social media. They also argue that her contacts with these companies are so pervasive that oftentimes very senior officials in other departments would ask her to introduce them to points of context. Uh, contact. And then she says um, she has special knowledge in the election security space and provides briefings to the governments of foreign countries on how to interact with social media companies. That's her job. That's her job. It's CISA. CISA, you know, the same agency that said that the 2020 election was the most secure in history, only to come out in this, you know, January of this year and say that they were wrong and attackable. And here's all the flaws. That's CISA. Um. Vivek Murthy, who is the Surgeon General, um, he sent a request for information wanting to know about how tech companies would be censor, censoring speech for things deemed by them as misinformation. Um, Carol Crawford, Chief of the Digital Media Branch of the Division of Public Affairs within the CDC, because she is among the government employees most involved in censoring misinformation about COVID-19. This is another one that really got me, Frank. Ready? They didn't yeah. even know anything about this. The, the Missouri and Louisiana had no idea that this was even happening. And in the advanced discovery, this is what they got, the expedited discovery. She worked with the Census Bureau to identify people she deemed to be spreading misinformation about the shot on social media. The, the Census. Census Bureau. Why? Why? But what does that mean? I don't know, and neither did they, which is why they're saying get this woman in here under oath. Because what in the ever living hell? And how? How is how is it being reconciled? This is my question. Like I would be asking, how is it being reconciled? Somebody's census information and their social media platforms. How are you reconciling those? And why do you need to know? Why do you need to know? know? I don't know, especially when it comes to medical information, because the last census was 2020. I don't think that they asked anybody about whether or not they got vaccinated because the vaccine wasn't out yet. Mm -hmm. And if they did, I wouldn't be answering that question. This is a major this is I guess this fits in nicely with the with the uh, the ongoing thing that's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk. Now, um, obviously, last for on Friday. Or whatever the hell it was, we got Bannon that got the four four months, um, and then we got Trump that has been given a subpoena. So you can tell what they're doing there. And again, what does that all lead up to? Well, I think it goes hand in hand with Twitter, which I think goes hand in hand with this. Um, it was the Biden administration. I think that there was, at least for a time, there was a, a story going around that the DOJ was considering stepping in between Elon Musk and the Twitter deal for a national security, security grounds. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, that, and, and the national security grounds were solely because he had an opinion about how the Russia-Ukraine conflict should be concluded that was a little bit less suicidal than everybody else pretty much asking for all-out war and nuclear catastrophe and and i I remember i was saying this i said i'm I'm curious to see i've been saying i'm curious to see what the 2024 election 
would bring us by 2024 if by then Twitter really had some truly objectively transparent and positive things that had been done to it under an Elon Musk ownership. And that's not to say that leftists wouldn't be removed from the the platform. It just means that there would be no suppression of important stories, at least to the degree that we saw in 2020, as recently as 2020, no suppression of important social debates. And um, but you can certainly see why people who would currently be working at the White House would see loss of something like Twitter as a national security issue. Yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not talking about the security of the American uh, the American Union, uh, because obviously keeping free speech alive and well would be a positive for that. It's the security of their little breakaway nation that they're concerned about. It's not Elon Musk that, that he has a slightly less suicidal view on how Russia NATO war should be concluded. I mean, you can't you can't say that he is anti-Ukraine. He was footing bill footing the bill for Ukraine's satellite warfare the first eight months of the war. Yep. And he's so still working it, with the Pentagon, by the way. That's a whole nother like side right. mission off of that. that that's still right. that's still happening. Yeah. No. So it's it, it, what it comes down to when you talk about critical infrastructure, data, social media and what needs to be almost like obligatory censorship in their eyes. It is about national security, but it's it's the nation inside of the nation. They don't care about anything that the common person will when it comes down to twitter in particular if that's lost all they have left for example is the google search engine a dying facebook and youtube which is killing itself in grand fashion i mean twitter in particular is a major distribution point for all of their bullshit that they used to deliver through television and radio and print but nobody interacts with those analog systems anymore so whenever you talk about data collection cognitive infrastructure all that other stuff it it is national security issues for them because if they lose it they would be reliant on mother jones and the young turks to get the word out to people and 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 losing twitter would be a disaster it would be a disaster they yeah. can't and it, let's see if even the sale even goes through i mean that's a whole different story like that's there he said he wants to buy it now they're trying to come up with reasons why he can't it's really something 10 the last one is Kimmage, Daniel Kimmage. This one really blew me away, too. He's the acting coordinator for the Global Engagement Center at the State Department, okay? He works with CISA to coordinate social media censorship of speech on election-related issues and election integrity. I'm just going to read this right from the complaint. Um, Plaintiffs allege that in response to third-party subpoena, Twitter identified Kimmage as communicating with it about censorship and content modulation. Allegedly, the purpose of GEC, which is the little division, is to, big division, is to facilitate coordination between the government and the tech sector to combat disinformation. Plaintiffs claim that the GEC works closely with CISA on issues of censorship. Plaintiffs claim that Kimmage's GEC collaborated with CISA in 2020 and 2022 to create and fund an alliance of third-party nonprofits called the Election Integrity Partnership. We've written about this, which supposedly pushed for social media censorship of free speech about elections in 2020 and continues to do so today in 2022. Understand what this means. The State Department is working with CISA to collaborate with NGOs and third-party nonprofits to censor discussion 
about whether or not our elections are legitimate. Just marinate on it. For We are not living in a free damn country if this crap continues. We're not. Well, it, it, should just be wor- uh, worrying about whether or not our, uh, you know, our elections are secure. Not worrying about how people, how public people who have, I mean, I mean, who we, I mean, we are, our interests are supposed to trump every other interest in the country. And there are certain things that are just off limits, especially what we can talk about. So I I find it really just incredible how CISA is concentrating on people's perception of their work instead of just making sure that their work is uh, worthy of being funded, which it's not. So, um, yeah, yeah, again, what does national security mean to these people? Not it's what it's supposed to mean. It's the nation inside the nation. They are protecting their company. They're protecting their own personal interests, which they have spent, I mean, generations building up. These are third generation crooks. They're all, all their all uncles and aunts and parents were doing this before them. Guys, like, a lot of their like Breitbart has an article about this. Oh, great. They're pulling in Fauci to testify. It is so much bigger than just Anthony Fauci testifying. I am. I am. Think like, are you I, we shouldn't be saying this, but are you stunned or not that this judge is allowing this? From what you're reading, I'm stunned it got this far. This is big. I'm this- stunned that he, he actually seems enthusiastic about figuring out what the hell's going on here. Oh, he sure is. And, you know, I I didn't want to spend like the whole show on this. And we didn't. We spent about 43 minutes on it, 44 minutes. But this is super duper duper important. And I, you know, first of all, the CISA thing. And then the last thing, there was a couple just the the census. There's three things in here that really blew my mind. Other things that I already kind of knew, like for this to shock people, like people were genuinely shocked about this on social media, like on Truth Social people were really genuinely shocked about it, which I don't blame them for. Um, And I just, it kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, honestly, Frank, but share that article, share the column. It's on Uncover DC. Uh, It's pinned to my Truth Social profile. It's called Bombshell Court Order Outlines Proven Government and Big Tech Censorship. I can use the word proven because it's been proven and a judge has said it's proven. So um, talking about intelligence and this kind of like shadowy weird world, there's a book by Senator Leahy or Leahy out, um, The Road Taken, right? He talks about how during the Iraq war, when the Bush administration was giving like information about WMDs to Congress, they were getting their classified intel briefings and stuff. He said he's out walking with his wife and his neighborhood and two joggers come up behind him, stop and ask what they what he thinks of the intelligence briefings he's been getting. Right. The joggers ask if he'd if he'd been shown file eight. And then they say, if you haven't seen it, you should go look at it. You might find it interesting. So he goes into the skiff. He asks for file eight and it contradicts the official line on the Iraqi WMDs. Then these same people go back and say, have you looked at file 12? And he's like, no. So they go look at file 12. It contradicts what Cheney's saying about the war in Iraq. And then he votes against the war. So like he was literally getting touched by sources on his morning walk with his wife or afternoon walk with his wife, telling them, telling him where to look because what they were being told in the official correspondence was not correct. Reminds me of like Adam said this morning, Solomon getting the FISA information. 
Nate Kane meeting someone at a church to give the IG information that he had taken from the FBI as a whistleblower. Just like you could be walking out on the street and some intelligence asset is going to come up to you and tell you to look at something. I'm not, just, a congressman. Senator, sorry. That's crazy. Yeah. I, it's crazy to me. Um, Wednesday, Frank. Wednesday mm-hmm. on the show, we have Kyle Serafin. If you don't know who Kyle Serafin is, he was the uh, FBI agent turned whistleblower who came out and was first interviewed on Dan Bongino's podcast in a two-part interview um, about what he's seen inside the FBI. So. Oh, oh okay. Cool. We've got him but, on. Uh, why do I feel like that we've, we've spoken with him before? No. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Relatively new that this has happened. He's one of the people that was giving uh, information to Jordan and, and them that they were talking about whistleblowers coming forward from the FBI. It's him and a whole bunch of other people. Um, also, Stephen Friend was the other one who refused to go on that raid in Florida um, for J6. These are the two public-facing ones who have shown their faces and their names in public. Hmm. I don't okay. know what I just did to my webcam, but I did a hand gesture and it changed. <laughs> anyway. Um, Will it get blurred out? Not, no, it hasn't changed that much, so I'm good. Um, I wanted to play this clip of Daryl Blo- Daryl Brooks's trial because this is a travesty, honestly. Like Brooks has been on trial for like a week and a half now. He's representing himself. It has been nothing but outbursts. The guy's crazy. He shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I know. He should be getting the chair as quickly as possible. In, instead of focusing on these poor victims, and this guy is making a mockery of everything that the justice system is supposed to stand for. He's trying himself, like he's representing himself, but he's trying to do it like a sovereign citizen, which it's just, oh, look at you, fancy. It's just not working. Speak, speaking of blur, I just wanted to see if I had it. It doesn't work for me. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I saw him representing himself. I saw these, I mean, I saw the outbursts and screaming, but also just they had to take a recess the other day because he's just sitting there burning a hole through the judge's head. Yeah, this is what we're going to watch now. Yeah. Are you ready? Um, I hope you can hear this. Let me know. Just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it. Abel Lescano, he has prior criminal history. Thank you. So as long as the jury's out, we should probably discuss that. I would like to provide the defendant and the court with... So that had to be that had to be said. So the defendant. That's not how it was said. That, that was how I said. You want to run the record back, Mr. Brooks? So I'm the only one. I got one. Mr. I got Brooks. one ear there working. I heard that. This on, is man. to benefit on, you, so that no, you not. understand Ain't none your of this to witness benefit me. So let's has be clear a prior record. Your Honor, when I leave the table, I'm away from the courtroom, and I have to elevate my voice. This is the so alleged record of Abel Lescano. Stop talking. Can you put this up? Can you put this up a little bit? No, this is the best audio I have on it. And is it, is that going directly through the, the is that the direct audio from the? From it's, the uh, it's low. It's very low. Okay. So well, this is not coming through. This is not like a microphone to a. No, no, no. A speaker. Okay. No. It's just very low here. I don't know who y'all be thinking y'all fooling. I set for value, return for value this uh, document. One more interruption and you're going to be removed to the next court. That's what you want to do anyway. It's not what I want to do. Do not interrupt Attorney Opera. Here we go. So can Your Honor, tell, I believe he has seven prior criminal convictions via OWI second from 1997 and OWI third from 1997 and OWI fourth 
from 2003, <laughs> criminal trespass to dwelling from 2006. All right, I need to take a break. This man right now is having a stare down with me. It's very disrespectful. He pounded his fist. Frankly, it makes me scared. And we're taking a break. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. Yes, he is. Well, he is. Well, and uh, and there's there's many more like him out there. Many more like him out there. There's a lot of crazy people out there. They are. Um, they, it, First of all, that, he, he the ju- the jury isn't even in the court right now. Okay, the jury's not there. So why he has such a conniption about them reading out his priors is beyond me. I don't get it. Yeah, you should never look at a lifetime worth of violent crime to be able to to ascertain whether or not a uh, a person, a character, uh, the person's character should be part of their their current murder trial. I mean, look at his face. Look at this dude. Yeah. Look at his look at him looking at the judge. Yeah, no, he's he, he's an animal. I, you can't cure rabies. This this guy is this uh, he's an animal. Animal needs to be put down. Unbelievable. I don't know what else to say? Unbelievable. Um. I'll give you a choice of a couple of things. We've got uh, about 10, eight, nine minutes left. So we can get into some of the vaccine stuff that I have queued up and some of the medical stuff I have queued up, or we can stay more superficial with culture um, and get into a clip of the, the Moms for Liberty reading an absolutely disgusting passage out of a book that is in seventh grade classrooms. Um, and what else? And some election stuff and Pelosi and Biden talking about 2024. So we can go vaccine or Biden and and culture. What would you like? Uh, I don't know. I, I, would get, I guess the culture. Okay. Here it is. This is a minute and 23 seconds of the... If you, if you remember, I think it was last week a story came out. I don't know if it was Libs of TikTok that had it, that this book was found in the classroom. They said, oh, this teacher brought it in. It was never meant to be seen by any students. Why the hell do you have it in your classroom, you freaking lying sack? That's such BS. But let's listen to what happens. First of all, they try to steal her time because you can't have people talking, you know, for the full two minutes they're allowed in public. Two minutes. Two minutes. Here. Before my two minutes starts, I want to give any parent with a child in the chamber to remove them if they would choose to do so. No, start two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. I'm sorry. Can you, can you go ahead and with your speech? Not until it's reset to two minutes. Your time has begun. No, reset it these to two little, minutes. These little petty tyrants sitting up there on their little dais. The moment you told the parents to leave with their children, the two minutes began. I'm sorry. Another one. Another group of people who would jab you in the side of the neck and, and lovingly caress you into the next world. Mm-hmm. They, I'm, 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 they, and usually women. Usually liberal women. That's just what it is. Psychopaths. They, they, yeah, they, they've got their they've got their Sanhedrin. Boy, they got their Sanhedrin. If you have I'm to do the same thing, if you have children that are with you, if you're on your way to school or whatever, mute the show for the next, you know, I don't know, minute or so, because this gets nasty and raunchy and gross. But we're going to listen to it. Off we go. 
Alrighty, This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson was found in a seventh grade classroom at Collinswood Middle School. It was also on the ELA recommended reading list for seventh graders at J.M. Robinson. I'm going to read from chapter nine, the ins and outs of gay sex, starting at page 201, part one, boy on boy sex. Perhaps the most important skill you will master as a gay or bi man is a timeless classic, the hand job. Good news is you can practice it on yourself. The bad news is each guy has become very used to his own way of getting himself off. Learning how to find a partner's personal style can take ages, but it can be very rewarding when you do. Something they don't teach you in school is that in order to be able to come at all, you or your partner may need to finish off with a handy. A lot of people find it hard to come through other types of sex. That is fine and certainly not something you have to apologize for. A good handy is all about the wrist action. Rub the head of his cock back and forth with your hand. Try different speeds and pressures until he responds positively. A bad handy is grasping a penis and shaking it like a ketchup bottle. Finally, my misunderstanding about rubbing two peens together wasn't far off the mark. Rubbing them together in one hand feels awesome. Mega combo handy, trademark pending. It's no wonder that 92% of CMS graduating seniors aren't college or career ready when you're instructing them on how to give blowjobs and handies instead of teaching them how to add and subtract. Superintendent, you stated this book was, quote, brought into the classroom by a teacher with no intent to allow students access. Any teacher that puts material like this on his or her bookshelf is either is a bad teacher or a pedophile who grooms Thank children. You. You two minutes are up. Thank you. We will vote you out November 8th. Thank you, crazy. Okay. I'm not on the ballot November 8th, but... Okay, I'm crazy. not on the ballot November 8th. I'm I'll not, be here. No, I'm not I'll on still the, be here. I'm Don't not on worry. the ballot. I'm not on the ballot. I'll still be here. You'll still be crazy. That... Hand jobs, hand jobs are good. That... 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 Is... Like, even... Difficult for adults to read and be okay with. Like... It's crazy how gay marriage was uh, illegal in pretty much every Anglosphere country, uh, maybe except Canada, like only like 10 years ago. And and now we've got infinite genders. We've got transgender toddlers. We've got people who deny that biological sex even exists. We've got hand job, gay, gay hand job tutorials, blowjobs and all that other stuff. Turns out. This is why I say, and 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 otherwise, otherwise I don't concern myself with any of this mm -hmm. stuff. I, I really don't concern myself with any of it. But once it started becoming this mantle that was picked up by the government, special special interest, and what is a long history, long history. I mean, the the modern gay rights movement was founded by a man who founded NAMBLA. You know, you read into Harry Hay and the real story of what was going down there on Christopher Street. Uh, then you'll 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 get a little bit of understanding here. I don't really spend too much time, or didn't, caring about this stuff. Uh, but now it's clear to see what the hell is happening and what was always the the case, what was going to be the uh, the case. And out of everybody out there who counts the level of I don't know logical fallacies that are committed by one group or another when they are arguing for inane things there is one thing that i really think needs to be reassessed the slippery slope fallacy more often than not is usually a great great way to gauge 
where something is going. I, I, I think that out of all the logical fallacies, the slippery slope is one that has proven to be actually a really good barometer of where the future goes if we do not change trajectory because we are at the bottom of several slippery slopes right now yeah but i i I also think there's a lot of people that uh, uh, the majority of people object to this this is not okay like uh, the majority of people the large majority of people object to this even you know there are the the two percent or one percent that are like yeah learn about how to give a hand job as a child it's fine but the rest of people are like this is my seventh grader like that's my 12-year-old son. No. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I know. It's good. I guess it's good that the, that we found the wall. I, I guess it's good that we found the back wall. Kids. Um, it, it sucks that it, it took all these years of people saying, oh, stop. Stop being such a, a bigoted ninny. You know, uh, you don't like gay marriage and just don't get gay married. Yeah, you know, yeah. You get things like that. You're like, you know, it's not... It's not about that. It's not about that. There's something else behind it. This is the mask. This is the apron that you're putting on on top of it. Mm-hmm. This is the fig leaf. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole the whole love is love thing was the fig leaf they put on top of uh, what's happening to children, the child drag queens. That's what was coming. That needs the... the I was going to do, um, we'll, we'll save it for Wednesday. There was one more thing I was going to do. We're going to wrap it for today. Thank you guys for, for hanging out with us. Make sure you share this everywhere on social media. Um, you've been watching and listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on podcast platforms at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. That's um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, radioinfluence.com twitch i mean not twitch uh what's it called i'm forgetting stitcher stitcher yes and tune in that's what i meant um and you can see us on rumble and um also streaming on getter every monday wednesday and friday at 8 30 a.m eastern time we will be back on wednesday with a uh, whistleblower fbi whistleblower kyle seraphin we'll see you then later